0: As we begin our lesson tonight on the legacy of being a grandparent, I want to ask today, if you are a grandparent, raise your hand, please. Just keep it raised for a minute. So we've got quite a few grandparents here. Now, you need to know if you raised your hand, I think you know it very well that you're among a group that is classified rightly so as being insane. Uh, A grandparent, as I said for years since I started preaching, grandparents don't think very clearly uh, they do things irrationally when it comes to their grandchildren uh, i always saw it in other people but i knew it was an actual reality when i became a grandparent myself over a year and a half ago you know i've got a new granddaughter that is 12 days old lanny kate in north carolina it takes nine hours and 15 minutes to drive to be where they are up in North Carolina. You know, I've actually done some thinking, and this will illustrate how irrational a grandparent can be. You know, I thought if I got in my car, I could drive that nine hours and 15 minutes and maybe eight hours and a half, and I could hold that baby for a couple hours and drive back eight and a half hours, and I could be home within a 24-hour period. Does that make sense? You know, it's one thing to think about something like that, but I was actually seriously contemplating that something like that could be a reality. Now, as grandparents, do you think that your life is going to have influence on your grandchildren? How about your great-grandchildren? The answer is yes, absolutely yes. In Genesis chapter 5, we read an account of a man named Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Methuselah, the father of Methuselah, Methuselah the father of Lamech, and Lamech the father of Noah. And you better believe that Enoch walked close to God, and because he did, Noah's father Lamech expressed that faith by the name that he gave his son. The name Noah means rest, and it was from this seed, the seed of Seth, that Noah came, and Noah was faithful, and he preached the truth of God for around 120 years, even though the people were laughing and mocking God while Noah labored day after day, and even though after 120 years of preaching, only eight people were saved. Grandparents, do you think your faith is going to affect future generations? Well, you better believe it well. You know, grandparents, we need to think about this question. Are we trying to live like Enoch did? I want you to listen to what the Hebrews writer said about Enoch. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before he was taken up, that he was pleasing to God. Enoch, the Bible says, was pleasing to God. And he passed that legacy down to his children and even to his grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Do you want your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren to maybe turn out like Noah did? Look at some of the fruits in Noah's life. Noah, according to Genesis 6, 8, and 9, was a righteous man in a totally corrupt culture. The Bible says about the culture in Noah's day that the intent, every intent of the man's heart was evil continually. It said in Ezekiel 14 and verse 14 that Noah, Daniel, and Job would deliver but their own lives by their righteousness. Noah was a man of righteousness. He followed God's instructions exactly. He didn't follow God's instructions just when, you know, it was convenient for him. He respected God's authority and he did what God said because that's who God was. And the Bible says, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And Noah preached this righteousness. He warned other people for not seeking the righteousness of God, the consequences that would come. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says, God did not spare that old world, but preserved Noah a herald, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. So I want you to notice with me that Noah totally submitted to God. He built the ark. He got in the ark. He had no twin diesels, no sail, no rudder, no paddle, no compass, no GPS. All he had was a total and complete trust in God. And here was a man who had never seen it rain upon the earth one time. I also call your attention tonight to Timothy's grandmother, Lois. Maybe she's your model. Paul says to his spiritual son, Timothy, I miss you. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. And it's very interesting if you look back at Timothy's background and the influences in his life that allowed him to be the young man of faith that he was. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 in verse 5, Timothy, I am mindful of the sincere faith that's in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in you as well. One of the significant contributions to the faith of Timothy was the fact that he had a godly and influential grandmother. A grandmother who passed her faith down to her daughter and then on to Timothy. They believed that they had an impact on their children and their grandchildren. In 2nd Timothy 1 in verse 6 Paul said for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, when I think about Lois and Eunice and how they taught and trained young Timothy, I'm reminded of what we read in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. The Bible says these words, that I command you this day shall be on your heart. You see, it's not just outward actions. It's not just doing the right things. That's important. It must come from the heart. And the writer here says, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. No doubt these words that were written not only to uh, parents of that time, but this was a challenge for grandparents as well. And so grandparents, are you influencing your grandchildren in a way that they become a joy to their parents as well as a joy to others? Are you influencing them to be faithful and obedient, respectful, responsible, fun to be with, or... Are you, as a grandparent, just spoiling them rotten and then sending them home? I I want to read this from an eight-year-old. Listen to what she wrote about grandmother. She said, a grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own. And so she likes other people's boys and girls. Grandmas don't have anything to do except be there. If they take us for walks, they slow down past pretty leaves and caterpillars. They never say hurry up. Usually, they are fat, but not too fat to tie shoes. They wear glasses, and and sometimes they take their teeth out. They can answer questions like why the dogs hate cats and why God isn't married. They don't talk like visitors do, which is hard to understand. When they read to us, they don't skip words or mind if the same story is told over and over again. Everybody should try to have a grandma, especially if you don't have television, because grandmas are the only grown-ups who always have time. Now, when you think about what this little girl wrote, I want you to consider the fact that there's evidence based upon interviews with children and grandchildren and grandparents, I should say, that children need their grandparents and grandparents need their children. This study shows that the bond between grandparents and grandchildren is second in emotional power and influence only to the relationship between parents and children. And so grandparents affect the lives of their grandchildren for good or ill simply because of the fact that they exist. Unfortunately, A lot of grandparents seem to ignore that fact to the emotional deprivation of the young. Of all these children studied, only 5% reported close, regular contact with at least one grandparent. The vast majority see their grandparents only frequently, not because they live too far away, but because the grandparents have Chosen to remain emotionally distant. And these children appear to be hurt, angry, perceptive about their grandparents. One of them said, I'm just a charm on Grandma's bracelet. You know, someone wrote a piece entitled The Heart of a Child. It says, Whatever you write on the heart of a child, no water can wash away. The sands may be shifted when billows are wild, and the efforts of time may decay. Some stories may perish, some songs be forgot, but this engraved record, time, changes not. Whatever you write in the heart of a child, a story of gladness or care that heaven has blessed or that earth has defiled will linger unbearably there. Who writes it has sealed it forever and a, he must answer to God on that great judgment day. And so being a grandparent is not just a relationship. It's something that must be intentional. It's something that we must invest in. You know, there's some things that I want to suggest to you tonight that grandparents can provide for their grandchildren. First of all, a grandparent can teach children and grandchildren about God and about spiritual things. You know, we refer to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and uh, verse 6, where we are commanded there to teach our children diligently in every aspect of life. And so I call that a walking, talking kind of religion. It's not that we sit down and have a Bible study, but in everything that we do, there's opportunities to impress young hearts about God, and how powerful He is, and how loving He is. And so Grandparents can teach grandchildren about God and about spiritual things. Also, grandparents can guide them toward good marriages by modeling a good marriage. Many times, grandchildren will look up to their grandparents as a model for marriage. Also, you know, don't curse and smoke if you don't want them to do so. You know, I myself have to especially watch my words when, you know, my particular team is playing when my grandchildren are around. You know, when my team can't hit a free throw or they can't tackle the opposition for anything in the world, I, I have to watch and refrain from saying that word idiot that I commonly have to catch myself saying when my team is not doing what they're supposed to do. And so, young people are very impressionable. Another thing that we can do is we can be consistent. We can follow through on things. You know, saying no to grandchildren is one of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do. You know, there's nothing that breaks my heart more than, you know, seeing one of my grandchildren with a broken heart. You know, their lips quivering, the tears streaming down their cheeks. I mean, that. That will just destroy the heart of a grandparent seeing that. And I have a difficult time with that, but sometimes we have to say no to our grandchildren. Another thing that we can do with our grandchildren is play with them. And that's the good part. That's the fun part. And I guess it gets kind of dangerous when you start kind of liking some of the songs that they are hearing on television about Barney and Sesame Street and things like that. Or, you know, the the, the toys that these kids have today are just amazing. Sometimes I kind of get excited about what some of these toys can do that these kids have. And so we have the joy as grandparents of just playing with our children. And that's something that we can never get back for as long as we live. It's time well spent. Maybe taking them for a ride in the wagon or taking them for a walk in the yard or sitting down and and just Uh, being there for them and spending time with children in play. Another thing we can do for our grandchildren is to tell them that we love them often. And certainly a grandchild ought never to doubt how a grandparent feels. A grandparent will tell that grandchild often, I love you. Also, we can look for the good things in grandkids And not just the bad we need to focus on the positive and not just the negative another thing that we need to do is not pressure them too much to excel you look at our world today and from the time children get in the first grade they've almost got to have made a decision about where they're gonna go to college just seems like in our culture today from a very early age Children are pressured to excel academically or athletically or whatever the case may be. I encourage grandparents and parents, just encourage your children, as we say at Kids seeing, to do your best, whatever that is. Don't compare one with the other. You do your best. Don't ever quit. Don't ever give up. And then just leave the rest to God. Another thing we as grandparents can do is that we can believe them and believe in them. You know, a grandchild ought to just sense that grandma and granddad know that they can do whatever they endeavor to do. Another thing that we can do is share your life, the good and the bad, because grandparents can Teach a lot to those grandchildren, and those grandchildren can learn a lot from their grandparents. Another thing that we can do is let them see how Christ has worked in your life and how he continues to work, even though maybe you failed miserably as a younger person. As grandparents, we can also point them toward heaven as your time on earth is most likely shorter than theirs. Let them know how that all of us as a family, if we're faithful to God, we one day can live forever together in heaven. Grandparents can also talk to their grandchildren straight about sensitive subjects. That can be tricky sometimes, but, you know, grandparents can have a, a way to do that meaningfully. But then let's switch gears and talk about some things you should never do. You know, a grandparent ought never to dishonor their parents. If you disrespect their parents, they will disrespect their parents. And, you know, that's simply not scriptural. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Another thing that we as grandparents struggle with, perhaps, is changing the rules. And we need to try to enforce and honor the rules that parents have. You know, bedtime is... At 8 o'clock at home, bedtime ought to be at 8 o'clock at our house too, although we'll probably cheat on that just a little bit. Uh, If Johnny can't have chocolate at home, then he probably shouldn't have chocolate at Grandma's house either. Now, I'm not saying that we as grandparents don't have certain privileges because I believe that grandchildren understand that there's a little bit of difference in what's allowed at home versus at Grandma's house. You know, we've got a little plaque at home that says what happens at grandma's house stays at grandma's house. And uh, that's a smart philosophy that both grandparents and grandchildren need to hold true to. You know, grandparents, I think, sometimes have a problem taking authority they had over their own children and extending that authority to both their children and their grandchildren. You know, God has placed the parents of the child in authority over the child and not the grandparents. And sometimes that can be difficult. We as grandparents need to realize that, you know, these children are not in our charge necessarily. They are in the charge of their parents. And oh, by the way, grandparents, you don't have the authority over your adult children anymore as well. They are adults and they have to make their own decisions. Another thing that we need to realize is we need to understand that God's accountability lies on the heads of the parents and grandparents must not try to divide God's chain of commands. Then think about this as well. Never correct the parent in front of the child and be ever so careful when you try to do that. Some folks... Grandparents, some folks, they just have to learn on their own sometimes the hard way. Also, if there is a dispute, maybe there's a separation. Maybe tragically, there's a divorce in the family. Grandparents don't take sides. You teach that child, that grandchild, to honor and to respect both of his parents. And also to a child, if you speak badly, About either of his parents, you are generally speaking bad about him. But then let me suggest as well tonight that the role you play as a grandparent is going to be significant for future generations in this life and in the next. I want you to listen carefully to this. An investigation into the famed 18th century revival preacher, Jonathan Edwards, who lived from 1703 to 1758. Notice this. An investigation showed that 1,394 known descendants of Jonathan Edwards, 100 became preachers and missionaries, 100 of his descendants became lawyers, 80 became public officials, Seventy-five became Army and Navy officers. Sixty-five became college professors. Sixty became doctors. There were 60 prominent authors, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, three United States senators, and one vice president of the United States. Now, another man who lived at the same time, Max Jukes, a petty theft, a petty thief, had 310 descendants who all died as paupers. 150 were criminals, 100 were drunkards, seven were murderers, more than half the women were prostitutes. So grandparents, you don't think we have an influence on the direction that our family may go in future generations? We have a profound influence on our family for generations to come. And I want to suggest as I try to bring our lesson to a close tonight that godly grandparents, I believe, can turn this country around. Sometimes we believe as older people that we've done all we can, we've lived our lives, this nation has just gone to the dogs and, you know, there's not much hope left. I submit to you that grandparents can turn America's youth around. You know, one granddaughter said some words one time at the funeral of her grandmother. She talked about how grandma had shown her how to love her children, how to love her husband, how to be modest, how to be godly, and how to deal with her dad. But did you realize in America, every 24 hours, 3,000 children see their parents divorced. Every 24 hours... 1,629 children are put into adult jail. Every 24 hours, 3,228 children run away from home. Every 24 hours, 1,512 children drop out of school, and in that same time period, 7,742 Teens become sexually active. But you see, as grandparents, we can help turn this around. We can provide a tremendous influence for our grandchildren, for generations to come by what we teach and by the influence that we have. I want to close tonight with one more story. I hope you'll listen very, very carefully. The story says Pappy was a pleasant fellow. His face was quite drawn from age, but when he smiled, even his wrinkles seemed to smile with him. Pappy owned a pawn shop, and everyone who knew him respected him and adored him. There was a room in the back of his shop where he spent time tinkering with his own precious items. He referred to the back room as memory Hall. In it were pocket watches and clocks, electric trains. Pappy enjoyed (coughs) spending time in memory hall. Sometimes he would close his eyes to relive a sweet, simple childhood memory. One day, Pappy was reassembling an old railroad lantern, and as he polished his lantern, he heard the bell on the shop door. The bell had been in Pappy's family for over a 100 years, and he cherished it dearly. Pappy left memory hall to greet his customer. At first, he didn't see anyone. His customer was shorter than the counter. Pappy said, you know, how can I help you? And the little girl looked at Pappy with her big brown eyes, then slowly scanned the room in searching of something special. She said, I'd like to buy a present for my grandpa." but I don't know what to get. Well, Pappy began to make suggestions. How about a pocket watch? It's in good condition. I fixed it myself, he said. Well, the little girl didn't answer, and finally the little girl walked to the door. She wiggled the door to gently ring the bell. The little girl smiled with excitement. You know, this is just right. The little girl bubbled. Mama says, Grandpa loves music. And just then, Pappy knew what she wanted. She wanted his bell. He didn't want to break the little girl's heart, but he said, I'm sorry, that's not for sale. Maybe your grandpa would like a radio. Well, the little girl looked at the radio and sighed, No, I don't think so. In an effort to try to help the little girl understand, Pappy told her the story of how the bell had been in his family for many years and that he didn't want to sell it. The little girl finally said, I guess I understand. Thank you anyway. Suddenly, Pappy thought of how the rest of his family was gone. That was except for his estranged daughter, whom he had not seen in a decade. Pappy thought, well, why not pass the bell on to someone who would share it with a loved one? He said, I've decided to sell the bell." The little girl said, oh, thank you. Grandpa will be so happy. And Pappy felt good about helping the child, even though he knew he would miss the bell. Later that evening, Pappy prepared to close up shop. He found himself thinking about the bell. He thought about the child, and he wondered if her grandpa liked the gift. He knew that any grandfather would cherish anything such as from such a precious grandchild. Just then, as he turned off the lights of memory hall, Pappy thought he heard his bell, but he knew that was ridiculous because he sold his bell. In a minute, he heard the bell again, and he turned toward the door, and there stood the little girl. She was ringing the bell and smiling, and Pappy was puzzled. What's this? Have you changed your mind? No, she grinned. Mama says it's for you. Before Pappy had time to say another word, the child's mother stepped into the doorway. Choking back her tears, she said, Hello, Dad. I just thought that was a touching story about, you know, how much grandchildren and grandparents share in each other's lives. And so tonight, here's the challenge for us all, but especially grandparents and great-grandparents, future grandparents. Let's realize the bell is ringing for us as well. The greatest thing that we have to give somebody else is our lives. And we need to strive to be people who are safe to come home to no matter what our children or grandchildren may have done. Each one of us is going to leave a legacy. The life that we choose to live, the decisions that we choose to make are going to make a profound impact on those who come behind us that's greater than we can even begin to imagine. And so I challenge grandparents and even great-grandparents, let's show our grandchildren how to live a godly life. Let's show them how to love. Let's demonstrate to them how to forgive. Let's show them how to give. And most of all, show them how to live forever with you and with the God who created us. And so... Being a grandparent is a great joy, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's something that we ought to cherish very dearly, and yet it's something that we ought to always take very seriously. Tonight we're going to sing a song of encouragement, and maybe your life hasn't been the kind of life that has been a positive influence on others in some respects. Maybe there are things you need to correct publicly tonight, maybe you're not a Christian, and And you need to come and to be baptized into Christ. Render obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have any need tonight, you need to come. We ask that you come now while we stand. and.